Welcome. Um, this evening, we are having a conversation with Gabriela Scandura. She is a translator, dubbing adapter, subtitler, voice talent, kids shows and neutral Spanish expert, and she's lectured at the Argentinian Association for English Culture. I'm very glad I didn't try and say that in Spanish. <laughs> um, and I'm Louise Colcott-Stevens from Ear Candy in Johannesburg. And today we're talking script adapting for dubbing, the key to great sync and storyline. So welcome, Gabby. Um, I'm really excited for our conversation today because I think it's going to be the most technical podcast that I've hosted so far. And I know that the information you have to share with the audience is going to be absolutely invaluable. So um, I think let's kick off and just kind of get a little bit of a sense of your background and, and what you're about. You have a very wide base of skills. So tell me about you and how you got into the localization industry. Okay, well, hello, everyone, and uh, well, thanks for the invitation. Um, basically, I started uh, like 30 years ago, so okay. I've uh, experienced a, a lot of changes in the industry, and uh, I started doing uh, subtitling, then I uh, did a dubbing, and um, well, I, I started uh, doing both things, and then I, I went on with subtitling, and, and then when I went back to dubbing, things have uh, changed quite a lot. So uh, that was very interesting. And I, I had to relearn everything in a way. So um, in, in the meantime, I have been doing some academic research on, on uh, audiovisual translation. So it was very interesting to see how things have changed and are continuously changing. And, and what's changed the most, I mean, in, in, in that 30-year time frame? Well, technology on the one hand, and yes, obviously yes. Uh, the approach, because uh, when you change from small TV set uh, in your house to a very big TV set, uh, that's one thing that uh, changes the game. And um, lip sync has become much more important because of that, in a way. So it was uh, not only the cinema, but uh, you had these big pictures at home. So it was um, lip sync became even more important. Yeah, that's that's so true. Um, okay, so so talk to me about that. I mean, le le let's talk about lip sync in the context of adaption. I mean, how does it fit into the dubbing process, and how does it affect the final version? Right. Well. Um, First of all, we have, we have two different um, ways of dealing with the script. Uh, you can have a translator who does both jobs, like translating and adapting, or you can have uh, a translator and an adapter as well. So um, in a way, that changes uh, the, the approach you have when you start translating. And um, in some countries, you, you call uh, the, the adapter a dialogue writer. And I think that's uh, one of the... Of the um, very interesting terms that we have for this because uh, it reflects in a way that you are dealing with orality. You need to, um, you need naturalness and you need a lot of creativity in order to get, uh, in order for lip sync not to uh, prevent you from being natural and, and, uh, and reflect uh, orality. So um, dialogue writer is a very good term for that. And um, mm -hmm. we, we need to, to base our job in different some, some pillars. Let's call them pillars. Uh, 
uh, you need to work with relevance and paraphrasing and rhythm in order to, um, in order, every time it's the same thing, in order for lip sync to be, uh, to contribute to the final result. So you need uh, to, to work with, with both things, to, to respect all the, the many nuances, uh, like the, the style, the tone of, the, of, the, of what is being said, the, the age of, or the background of the characters and all that combined with the lip sync. And uh, you need not to forget that you're dealing with a, an audiovisual material. So uh, uh, if you have um, a banner, for instance, that you can see, you have to be very careful to respect that. And uh, for instance, um, this happened to me uh, last week. Uh, if you talk about fans and you, and you are translating into a language where you have a differentiation between a female and male, and, and you need to say either uh, fanaticos or fanaticas, you have to be very careful about that. And um, so we, we need to pay a lot of attention to different things. It really is a very complex process, isn't it? Yes, it is. And uh, it, it varies um, quite a lot from, from one studio to another and uh, also from one country to, to another. Uh, but what's interesting is that um, there are different approaches also. Some studios or some directors emphasize acting more than lip sync and some others pay a lot of attention to lip sync. And, um, and then now when we are working with cloud dubbing, so you <laughs> even are working with directors from other countries maybe. So wow, it's yeah. very interesting. And, and uh, adapters and translators, we are always learning. We learn a lot from uh, the people we work with. So tell me, does, does each director work in the same way? Um, are there different things that they look for? How does the process work? Yeah, um, directors work, uh, think sometimes very differently. There are some, uh, some of them pay a lot of attention to, for instance, consonants, which is the, the usual thing to do, you know, by labels on labiodentals. But some other um, directors also pay a lot of attention to vowels, vowel sounds. And, um, and then it's very, uh, it's very good for us to work or, or to, to communicate directly with the director because uh, sometimes they have some uh, requirements that maybe we sometimes we don't think of as requirements. For instance, if you have voice talents who are older or uh, very young, then you need to uh, reduce the number of words so that they can, uh, they can work more um, uh, easily and the same uh, regarding the experience of each uh, voice talent so sometimes um, they will call you and tell you okay uh, please pay a lot of attention to uh, uh, for instance lip, lip sync for these character this character in particular or these characters in particular because they you know they, they move the, their mouths more than others so it's okay. very it, it's very you know tailored, I don't know if that's mm -hmm. the word, like tailored uh, according to each director and even to each voice talent. So it's very interesting and, and communication has to be really fluent. Absolutely. And, and so you personally, do you prefer to manage the translation and the adaption or do you prefer to keep those two um, creative streams separate? Hmm. That's a tricky question. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I have always 
uh, done both things. But for instance, in Spain, they work uh, in teams and, mm-hmm. um, and they work great. So <laughs> I really can't tell you. Which is preferable for you. Yeah. Um, it, it, there's something that's interesting. That's um, it, it, Dubbing is a process in which many people are involved. Yes. So I think the I, um, maybe somebody is going to be offended with this, but I hope not. Um, the less people involved, maybe the the result is less uh, problematic. Maybe uh, you know um, because you need to have a very good communication to mm-hmm. be working with a lot of people. If you do not communication, then it's better for the translator to do both things to because. Do both uh, things. Yeah, I think so. I think so. But um, it all depends on the on the, the communication you have um, with the rest of the team. Absolutely. And f- from a final product point of view, um, or final version point of view, what do you feel? What 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 would you what what would you preference? Uh, what what would you preference? Um, lip sync or performance or both? Mm, both. <laughs> I think both. Yeah, um, a good amount of both. Um, because and how I, do you how do you think that balance is created? Um, I like directors who pay a lot of attention to to acting because mm-hmm. I think acting is maybe half of what you're doing, and, but also you need to have great lip sync and great uh, text. For the acting to sound real, so um, I, I think it's yeah half and half maybe um, yes probably. And, and, and so and, when mm-hmm, sorry, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, I was thinking that um, also um, when the the voice talents are acting, sometimes uh, they they will change things, and it's important to know what they have changed. So that for the, I don't know, for the next episode, if you're working with the series, you can help them by doing what they feel um, easy for them to do. So, yeah, it, it's a learning process both ways. And so do you, do you work closely um, with the talent themselves or, or do you do that through the director? So would you say that the director-adapter relationship is key to the success of a project? Yes, I think so. Yes. And um, I, I sometimes have worked with voice talents and, mm-hmm. uh, as well. So it's, it's great. I learned a lot by doing a voice talent course because that's when you realize what maybe you are doing, not wrong, but maybe not in the, the best way when you're translating. So uh, it, it's a way of uh, learning a lot. And it's funny because you, you're not the first person that I've interviewed who, who's spoken to that. You know, I, I think the, the process becomes a lot easier once you've sat in different chairs in the process, because then you do have a better understanding of what is required from the adapter in order to be able to give a good um, performance or how to direct a performer to make them comfortable. I, I, I do think that um, it does make... Uh, our jobs a whole lot easier. Yeah, exactly. Um, so talk to me about adapting songs, because that's been a theme that's recurred um, through, these ver- through these various podcasts. Um, yeah. what, what, what would you say, what would you give as advice um, and, and talk a little bit about that process? Yeah, well, um, at least around here, 
what we do is we, we do have a, a lyricist who will, um, for, for whom we translate literally the songs and the mm -hmm. lyricists will um, then adapt them. And sometimes they do great jobs, really great jobs. And, mm -hmm. um, but for instance, if you have to do, uh, to translate a rap, uh, a rap song or something, rapping, and mm -hmm. then you, you do have to uh, translate it yourself or adapt it. And um, it's the same thing. You, you learn a lot if you have a musical background or you already mm -hmm. know that. <laughs> so mm -hmm. um, I, I wouldn't translate a song if I uh, didn't have a, a musical background, really. So it's like you, you need different things to, to be working with this. And what do you need to pay attention to? In the case of songs, um, yes. well, then, oh, of course, you have a, a rhythm to follow. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. For instance, uh, one of the things that, that uh, directors hate the most is when you accentuate, uh, you stress a, a word where it shouldn't be stressed, you mm -hmm. know? So if the word is melodia, you can't say melodia, so that <laughs> it, it, it yes. uh you know, the, the, the accent, not only of the word, but of the, uh, of the, the rhythm in the song. So, um, and then, of course, well, uh, you have to get it to rhyme and all that. But um, it's, um, in general, songs are, are really uh, very well translated. And um, you, you have a very, maybe very freely, you know, mm -hmm. you need to, mm -hmm. to free yourself of what is being said in in the original and be creative and say the same, but in a different way. Okay. Yeah. It's, um, I, I do think it's, it's, it's certainly one of the more difficult parts of, of, of the process. Um, but, but most interesting. <laughs> it is the most interesting. I, I like I, challenges. I, yeah. Really. <laughs> <laughs> so do you, do, do you work on a lot of musical uh, material? I uh, did some. Uh, trans I, I did translate some uh, rapping, and um, mm -hmm. I did translate some some draft songs for uh, musicals okay. as well. So, um, but not in that case, not the lyrics, but just the draft. But as much as you know, as much as lyrics as as I could. <laughs> because it is it's a fun process and 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 yes. there's there's a lot of freedom within it. Yeah, we were um generally what when you work with songs is when uh, you're working with um children's shows, you know. Mm -hmm. So um that's that's one of the things that I like the most. Yeah. And most some are so. really difficult. I, I remember uh, um a series for little kids that and uh they were they were teaching shapes, you know, mm -hmm. and then if you have to get the word triangle, tri triangulo or paralelogramo in a song, <laughs> that was terrible, <laughs> terrible, really. And I suppose in the, it, it brings us back to um, kind of the, the, the sync versus creative. Um, talk to me a little bit about... Uh, about mouth movements, um, you know, I always uh, I always say to my team, if the audience isn't watching the mouth movements, then you know the quality of the dub is really good. Um, but what about in the case of close-ups? Like, what what things should you pay attention to when you are um, adapting uh, in a close-up scene? Yeah, well, close-ups are uh, the most difficult things to translate, really, or to adapt. Because, mm -hmm. um, uh, or uh, 
not things, but uh, you know, events or, or, or yes, visuals, yes. visuals to, mm -hmm. to for for translation. And um, basically, uh, in that case, you would pay a, a lot of attention to both consonants and and vowels. Mm -hmm. uh, but it also depends on the the speed that uh, the characters uh, is uh, speaking um, and. Um, You know, for instance, I, I was uh, researching and I, I was um, checking uh, a character I have, and she she says a, a, uh, an average of 3.5 words per second. And uh, I, I have talked to the director, and, and he feels that it's good if we, I mean, don't pay that much attention to lip sync, even if it's a close-up, because, I mean, she speaks so quickly, and it's mm -hmm. impossible to... To follow the lip sync all the time, so we do um, pay attention to the beginning and the end of the sentence of, of the sentences. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, if you have a Mr. Baker at the end, you will have a Baker at the end. Uh, and if you have a By the way at the beginning, you will wear, you you will use something like Por cierto and a B for a P. But uh, in the middle, uh, <laughs> you 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 just have to reduce the text in a way. So even if it's a close up. Um, in that case, you, you need the, you need to reduce the what, what you're saying and uh, trying to keep as much as in, as much information as possible. As possible. Yeah. I, I mean, I think you know you talk about B's and P's and consonants and vowels. What would you say to somebody who's interested in in translation and, and adaption um, as a career choice that they're wanting to enter into the this this creative discipline? What would you tell them that they need to really pay attention to while they're developing the skill? Well, um, I think the most difficult part for a translator or an adapter is to be flexible. You need flexibility mm -hmm. for everything. You will use a different approach for different characters. You will have to pay attention to words and to, um, to letters. That is something mm -hmm. that we never do when yeah, you translate yeah. anything else. So um, it, it's very, very interesting to, to be very flexible, to pay a lot of attention to paraphrasing mostly, because sometimes um, students sometimes feel that they're, you know, betraying the, the meaning and it's not the meaning what you're betraying. You're, well, you're not betraying, but <laughs> I mean, you're not changing the meaning. You're just changing the way That you're saying that and um, I think that's the, the most important part and then again what you need to be is a, a very detailed person you know pay a lot of attention to details like uh, formatting of the script that's something that I found that uh, sometimes students uh, have problems with. Uh, so talk a little bit about that for me tell, yeah, tell me what script, you mean by that. Yes um, the scripts the final script that uh, you will uh, do is um, It's not always the same. It's very different from one studio to another. Mm -hmm. yeah, and even the materials that you receive sometimes are different. You will get a localization list. You will get a script, of course, and uh, a show guide or a creative letter. Uh, but uh, then the, the, um, the end product, the script, the final script to be dubbed is different. Some, some uh, studios use uh, or leave the, the original language in the script. Some others don't. Some use the you know the eight uh, number time code some others mm -hmm. drop the frames uh, um, numbers so um, you have to be very very careful with uh, 
the formatting of the this script that you will be doing mm-hmm. and um seems silly but it's it's not really <laughs> uh, no not at all it, it, with that. <laughs> yeah it can make a massive difference what you know once you get in studio yeah and you need to know what's in, uh, or ask what's in the m and e and what's mm-hmm. not so what what you should include or not in the script or uh, on screen text will you will you uh, just leave them in the localization list will you need to uh, include them in the final script you know um, so some and even uh, sometimes you get scripts which have no uh, you know effects like uh, size when you say okay somebody's is sign or is uh, chuckling or whatever mm-hmm. and some scripts mm-hmm. do no not have that so you have to be very careful and, and also add all wallas, you know yes. so very detailed uh, you, you keep an ear <laughs> you keep an eye and you keep an ear on everything you you're doing so uh, um, have to pay a lot of attention to every little detail i i, I remember the when when i first started out um dubbing in in our studio and i received our first dubbing script and it really was the most perfect script I'd ever, ever seen. And I assumed that all scripts that you receive from all clients <laughs> look like that. You can imagine my horror when the next, you know, when our next client came along and literally they may as well have handwritten it on the back of an envelope. <laughs> <laughs> so it is that 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 detail yeah. and, and paying attention to small things like frame rates and, you know, uh, Walla and, and, and paralanguage can make the difference your job is so critical um, uh, before going into studio because it just makes that creative process flow so much more easily when the script has been well adapted. Yes, exactly. Uh, yeah, also, yeah. I, you know, I, I was thinking about um, characters that are not uh, well identified. You know, you have mm. character A and it's character B and... Uh, you really have to pay attention to, to, to that and change that. Or if you have a Walla, but there are some uh, main characters that are also part of all the, this Walla and you have to identify them and include yes. them so that um, they, they can be recorded. And it's important. Well, that's one of the, of the changes from when I started. And now uh, yes. from when I started, it was so long ago, uh, you would record, uh, I mean, for instance, uh, a couple would record together. Uh, yes. But now you're recording in, in different way, in different um, opportunities, each actor. And so it's a, it's a whole different thing. Absolutely. Okay. So you've, so you've said flexibility and attention to detail. What would you say is that is, 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 is the third thing that um, aspirant adapters should, should pay attention to? Um, well, I, I think communication with everyone involved is very, very, very important because um, in that way you will know if the director likes lip sync uh, for consonants or for vowels as well. Um, if uh, he feels that um, acting is more important and then you will sacrifice lip sync sometimes mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. not, some are very strict about lip sync. And for instance, uh, think of a word like dad and in Spanish is papa. So you have two my mm-hmm. labels there. Yes. And uh, you need to do something. I, I, I once uh, had a director who said, okay, this, this uh, actor uh, cannot say papa when he says that. 
So it's like forbidden. You can say that. <laughs> uh, for, but for that actor in particular, because he, he was uh, a very, you know, I, I don't know if the words is modulating, you know, uh, moving uh, his lips a lot. So uh, he like for, forbid me to, <laughs> to use the word in that case. So I had to uh, make lots of changes. For, but for that character in particular, so it's so interesting to work in this. It's really. very interesting. Uh, yeah, it, and so varied, really. So, so what did you end up calling dad? Oh, I had to move the whole sentence to put the, da, the papa somewhere else, you know? Somewhere else. <laughs> and uh, yes, um, so that when, when the dad arrived in the English version, there was no bilabial there. Yeah, very difficult. <laughs> so, uh, so I think that along with great communication, I mean, it's you, you have to really have a head for problem solving and and being creative in how you can move the language around so that the meaning remains the same, but that you get that um, that on screen believability. Exactly. Yes. Yes. And um, you, you were saying that uh, you you don't need to watch the mouth, you know, mm -hmm. uh, you, you mentioned that. And in a way, that's great because if, if you don't realize that it's uh, it, the series or whatever, the material has been dubbed, that's great. Exactly. But uh, it's, it, it's interesting that uh, there's some eye tracking research uh, by, yes. the, by uh, Romero Fresco and, and others, but I remember uh, his paper in particular. Um, and they have been studying what we watch as viewers uh, when you have a close-up, and uh, if we watch the mouth or not, and interestingly enough, um, when people are watching, apparently when people are watching daft material, mm -hmm. uh, they would watch, for instance, uh, or not watch, look at the, the eyes instead of the mouth, because okay. uh, I think that what they, they don't want to be, you know, disappointed yes. <laughs> to find out that it's it's that the uh, the material has been dubbed, and when you're watching original material, uh, the the viewers look at the whole face. So it's a very very interesting research, and um, yeah, and I think we, what we have to uh, aim at is to uh, for viewers to look at everything, <laughs> you know, the mouth yes, as well, yes. and that's that's importance of, of lip sync, I think to make viewers forget that they are watching uh, adapt material, you know? I absolutely agree. That's, um, that's it. If, we could, if, if, if our viewers are watching the whole face, then we know that we've done a good job. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, certainly something to aspire to. Um, Gabby, any closing thoughts? Um, any, any, any bits of, of um, wonderful wisdom that you'd like to share? <laughs> okay. Um, I think I think that uh, we, we talked about uh, the, the bottom line would be that uh, a, an adapter has to uh, be always uh, always communicate with the, all the the rest of the agents involved in, in the process yes. because this is a, a long process, you know. Yes. Um, and uh, there are many people involved, and you have to know what the others want. Not only what you want to do as an adapter or as a translator, but also what the others not want, but need, you know, mm -hmm. and, uh, and there comes the flexibility. And I think that's yes. the most difficult uh, thing to learn. Um, I, I can tell you, it, it took me like uh, <laughs> maybe a, a whole year, you know, mm -hmm. to, to relearn 
my my dubbing skills, and that's why I took the voice uh, the voiceover the the voice talent course, mm-hmm. and uh, talked to the directors and uh, went uh, to the studio to see uh, to to watch them work. You know when they were yes. recording. I think that's very important because that's mm-hmm. where you see. Uh, what's happening and what they need. Of course, nowadays maybe it's a, a little uh, different because of cloud dubbing. But uh, well, but you, you can you can even uh, watch a recording anyway. So yes, uh, <laughs> right now. So um, I think that that's what um, um, what you need to do if you want to to help the rest of the process. You know, as much as you can. Awesome. Thank you. So it's. Key things, I think, for me, takeouts are flexibility, certainly detail, being very detail-orientated towards every single step in the process, um, and then communication, which uh, I think is certainly key across the whole of the of, of the of the dubbing process. Um, and then, obviously, when your audience is watching the whole face and not just the eyes because they know it's dubbed, or the mouth because it's been very badly dubbed, <laughs> then we know yeah. that we've done a good job. Right, right. Wonderful. Gabby, thank you so much. This has been such a delightful conversation and I've really learned a lot. And I know that um, our listeners will too. So thanks for your time today. I appreciate it. Thank you, Louise. Thank you very much. And thanks to PGA. I'll, I'll, well. I'll see you at our next um, committee meeting. Okay. Yes. <laughs> great. Have a great have a great day. Thank you so much. Okay, thank you. Same to you. Bye. Bye-bye. Join us next time when we share more stories about elevating the art and science of global storytelling.